Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash mom hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the mom hour. I'm Sarah Powers. And I'm Megan Francis, and we're excited to bring you a bonus conversation today. It's part of a special series we're doing this month. Yeah, so earlier this week on Tuesday, we republished a classic episode from way back in our early archives. And today we're featuring two moms from our contributor team adding their fresh take on the same topic. Right. So you might want to listen to Tuesday's episode before you dive into this one. All right, Sarah, this is the part where you and I get out of the way and let the team do their thing, right? That's right. Off we go. Enjoy, everyone. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I'm Catherine DeVries, and I'm here with Lisa Payne. We're excited to bring you a bonus episode today with our thoughts on the episode that aired earlier this week, which was called It's All Going to Be Okay and Other Thoughts Moms Need to Hear. If you haven't already listened to that episode, it's really great, and we recommend checking it out before you listen to our thoughts about it. Um, So I'm Catherine. You may have heard from me before. I live in Southern California with my husband and three kids. They are aged six, four, and two. And I'm Lisa Payne. I've been on a couple of times as well. I live in the Kansas City metro area. I have four kids, ages eight, nine, 13, and 16. I'm a single working mom. Today happens to be my very first day of summer break. Oh, congrats. Are you excited about it or? Um, bittersweet. It could probably yeah. be an entire another episode, maybe right, for, for another sure. day. Same, same thing. <laughs> um, so I think the way we're going to go today is just talk about different um, topics that Sarah and Megan touched on and how they resonated with us. Um, and the first one from this episode that really struck me was this idea of Sarah and Megan having to remind themselves that each of their kids was different and that because mm-hmm. of that, it is okay to parent them differently. Um, and I think when I had just one kid, um, I had the idea that if I put in all of the time researching and learning with her, then I could just apply it to my other kids as they came. Um, (laughs) like I would do all the work up front and it would get exponentially easier. Um, and I was just laughing at this recently because it's not true. Uh, (laughs) and, 
I think of it particularly with my son, one, one of my children's potty training journeys that has been a real journey, um, like a years, years long <laughs> journey. Uh, and I think if he had been my first, I would have really beat myself up about it and kind of considered it a personal failure. Um, but be it that he's not my first and I've been through this before and I've seen how it was totally different for both of my other children actually, um, has really helped me remember that it's not necessarily me or the amount of preparation that I put in, but that he's just a different kid and he requires very different strategies and just a long game that the other ones didn't really require. Um, and so I think it, it makes me think, you know, it's not, it's not even just that we need to parent them differently, but that we can give ourselves a little grace in like not seeing those differences as failures, but just as kind of having to veer, you know, off what you thought was the course with with one or another kids. Oh yeah. No, I completely agree. And I really related to when Megan said that there are as many different types of kids as there are kids. Like there's literally no two kids that are exactly the same. And so it makes it virtually impossible to parent them all the same way. Um, I, I just so laugh because when Megan's like, oh yeah, I had this one kind of kid and I just knew that was it. And then two, and well, now I have both kinds of kids as though that were mm-hmm. it. And having four, like they do have commonalities with each other, but they are more so independently forcing me into a different way of parenting because their needs their tricky spots, their emotional responses are so different and not wrong, just different from each other, different from the, my personality even. Um, and honestly it's so, so challenging, but it absolutely makes me a better person, just more empathetic when I take a step back and realize, okay, wait, that's not the parenting style that this child needs, or that's not the response they need. You think again, like the potty training, um, I think it bleeds into so many other places of, nope, once I have done this once, everybody's going to get the same thing. And there's no blanket effect for mm-hmm. parenting multiple children most of the time. And it's not a failure. It's embracing who they are. And then it, it allows me to be empathetic with the mom of the screamer at the store or the, you know, the potty trainers or, you know, the kids who have a lot of anxiety about something, whereas in their other child was like doing whatever, whenever. So. For sure. And I don't know if you felt this too, but I feel like it, um, it has become a challenge for me and something that like has been a point of personal development for me is working on my kids' reactions to me, parenting them differently also, Mm -hmm. and how it's kind of like, I have very little kids, right? So that like sense of justice is like very important to them. Yeah. Um, And they notice when the parenting is different between different kids. And I think that has been like taught me how to release control in a way that has ultimately been very good to me for me this idea that like that's okay they're not going to totally understand why things are different for different kids um but that's it's a learning experience for me and them that it's you know we just have to let let go this idea of things of fairness being equal because it's not really that way right no and I'm gonna let you know right now um from my parenting experience the sense of justice never goes away. Yeah. (laughs) But it is easier to reason with, hey, we talk about each other's strengths. We talk about each other's areas of need. I make sure to identify those in myself. And then we help identify them in each other. And that's why this person maybe gets this instead of that or some kind of tough love this way, quote unquote, tough love, if you will. 
but know that it's, you're exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that, um, it can be exhausting if you let it be exhausting just to constantly be on that swivel of, okay, which, which kind of parenting am I doing now? But for sure. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code MomHour. You know, something else they talked about that kind of bleeds into this is keeping an eye on the relationship over the result of what's happening. So I think when we think about relationship over result, it relates to parenting each child independently, thinking about when they're so little and everything is important to them. That saying, I'm not, I don't even sure if it's a specific person or a quote, but I remembered hearing it a lot, and especially as an early childhood educator, to listen to the small stuff because one day you'll realize that was the big stuff. And I find that so important because those establish your norms when they're little, how they listen, how they receive, how they communicate with others. And if you're constantly just flicking it off that, okay, I don't need to see your boo-boo for the 27th time or whatever's resonating with him in that moment. Um to me, I found as my kids get older, the way I communicate with them and the way I receive their communication, it was established early on. And so 
having that wherewithal to, okay, listen one more time or read that book one more time or do this one more time if you've done it a hundred times has been important. And it has, you know, and I'm sure not everything, right? Just as a general statement that the little stuff did make the big stuff, just remembering what kind of foundation we're laying for later on. Yeah, for sure. And I think to me, this idea of like relationship over result actually kind of bled into like the next topic that they had mentioned in the podcast, which was making decisions um, based on what you think versus what other people think is best for your kids. Mm. Um, And to me, that is kind of the whole, the, the crux of focusing on the relationship over the result. Because when I think about times that I've kind of bungled that and I've maybe focused on the results too much, it's always been times where I'm like, okay, we have to be in these clothes because we're going to a place where we need to be looking a certain way. And Mm -hmm. I know you are going to rip this button down shirt off of your body, but I'm going to make you wear it, you know, or, or even something like I need everybody to stop showing me their boo-boos because I have to clean the living room because somebody is coming over and it has to look Mm -hmm. a certain way. Um, Mm -hmm. And those things are all things that I've gotten so much better of letting, at letting go of, because it, you have those experiences where like, yeah, everyone is perfectly dressed. They're showing up to the place clean and well-clothed, but we all yelled at each other for Mm -hmm. 25 minutes in the car here. And then the event (laughs) is kind of miserable. And then what is the point? Like, why are we even here? Um, And I think that does require though, just letting go of being like, you know, I'm going to show up somewhere and my kids are going to have chosen their own outfits. And my grandmother would have been horrified, you know? (laughs) but we're happy and we're we're more connected than we would have been the other way. No, absolutely. I think trying to shush that inner monologue of conforming to some of those societal norms or what you feel like you are pressured into doing can be so hard and I think um especially being a single mom, I think sometimes I have a little bit more paranoia or sometimes anxiety around well, what will people will think I'm a terrible parent and that I can't handle all these kids by myself when in reality, who, okay, A, nobody's even doing that. Not the people I surround myself that really matter. Um, and B, I don't think it's happening. And if it is, I'd be hard pressed to say it's not happening to anyone else in the free world. I mean, I think some of these things that we try to hold ourselves to, um, are just really unaccomplishable. And like you said, to make the relationship waiver because of complying to someone else's standard doesn't always feel good. For sure. Yeah. And I also like try to conceptualize it that way. I think in what you're saying, like in the, in the different people have different priorities sense that like nobody is doing it all because it's impossible. And if their kids, you know, look a little tidier than my do mine do, that's just a priority for them when it's not a priority for me. And there's not, there doesn't have to be like a value judgment there. Like it doesn't have to be, their way doesn't have to be more valuable than mine, which I think can be difficult because a lot of us were like ingrained, like certain value sets were ingrained in us. And we Mm -hmm. have to kind of like realize that those are a little less set in stone perhaps maybe than, than other people told us they were. Right. And I think living it, um, two from that flip side of maybe that record that was playing in your head, I still find myself catching myself saying, Oh, you don't know their story. You don't know why they're showing up this way. So just taking a pause for myself sometimes when I'm having thoughts that may be less than supportive 
that don't come out of my mouth, but a thought nonetheless is not equally appropriate either. So catching myself and doing better because I want to be done better too, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something else they talked about was, um, struggling to let go of that baby phase. Recently, I have noticed myself having a tricky time kind of figuring out how to put it into words. But when Sarah talked about having that primal urge, um, to be a mom, to want to be needed, to hold a hand in a parking lot, um, I find myself with that and in an equal way, my perception of my kids at various ages, it's, it's the craziest thing. My 16 year old now, when she was eight, I felt much differently about her than I do this eight year old. And not just because they're different people, but the age in general, I thought, oh, she's so grown up and this is the, her expectations were more. And now that my baby is that age, I'm like, oh, she's just a baby. Like, it's just, I don't treat her necessarily like a baby, but the things I think, again, that were important in my first go around, I'm learning to let go of some of that stuff, maybe a little bit more. And same with middle school. Like I will have one going to middle school here in a couple of years when my bigs went, it was a big deal. And now I'm like, oh, he's just little. It's just so young still. So I'm not really sure what zone I'm living in, what world I'm kind of living in, but definitely more relaxed. Um, and letting go of that baby phase, I wouldn't say as much, um, I went through it when I knew that my youngest was my last, I had a really hard time letting go of that concept and idea. Um, and now that she's older, just kind of watching her grow up, I think I'm having a harder time, um, conceptualizing what level she's at or what maturity level she's at, because I just feel like it's a different viewpoint from my older kids, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can, I can kind of already see myself doing that with my, my littlest because my oldest is only six, but I do really think of her as like grown up compared to the other ones. Yeah. Um, And my two-year-old, he still calls himself a baby because I call him a baby, you know, (laughs) Uh, which I'm sure I didn't do when my oldest was two. Right. Yeah. I, and I, I thought this, was interesting to listen to as well, because, um, I am not really having any trouble letting go of the baby phase. I don't have, I, I, I definitely had a little bit of baby fever after my second, I knew I wanted a third, but then, you know, I had my youngest during the pandemic. I struggled Mm -hmm. with postpartum anxiety with all three kids, but it was like next level with the third one. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's, that mixed with, you know, having everyone home during the pandemic and just like how the world was for a couple of yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, when my littlest turned two about a month ago, I was very like, I was a little bit in celebration mode, <laughs> to be totally <laughs> honest. I was like, yeah. I, you know, there were really beautiful things about having babies. I loved, you know, um, nursing them. I loved the the physical closeness, but I I'm like ready 110% to like put that behind me and move on to this next phase. And I think it also has to do with, I just like really like the little kid phase. There's so many more things we can do. We're like out and about more. And I think that that combined with, you know, having trouble separating like my own mental health stuff from the baby phase has really softened the blow for me, you know, and my friends will hand me their babies and 
they're like, oh, do you want another? And I'm like, I will hold yours all afternoon. And then I will be <laughs> very happy to hand it back to you. Right. Right. You will get your baby back. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full-body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I think that kind of leads us to kind of the finality of it. Like this too shall pass. I mean, as, as our babies grow up and we keep shifting and changing through all these different phases of parenthood, um, I just appreciated so much when Megan and Sarah both talked about how we are all unprepared. You can have one child or you can have four or five or more and you're just going to find yourself in business. It doesn't matter where you are. The plan goes awry. And that's just the way real life goes. There isn't planning for every event. And it's okay to stray. And it's okay to be flexible and let go. It's okay to regroup. And I think sometimes we as moms just feel like if we're not always on top of it. and We don't get it right the first time, um, especially as sometimes first-time parents, but sometimes even as a parent of multiples, it, I've been through this enough times. You'd think I'd know what I'm doing and it, you don't, and it's okay because it, life keeps going. It'll, it'll keep, it'll keep moving on. I think about this a lot when I try to like reflect on 
like when my kids were really, really little and my, you know, my brother-in-law just had a baby. Um, and he, he's very open about like reaching out about things that are happening. And he called us just last week and was like, okay, so how do you get the baby to sleep? Like, what's the mm-hmm. trick? <laughs> how mm-hmm. do we do this? Cause we're both back at work and we're not sleeping. And I remember so vividly being in that phase and people telling me w- exactly what I told him, which was like, you just have to wait it out. Like give it three more months or two, um, you know, it could be four weeks and she's sleeping. Um, but at the time it can feel so insurmountable that even when people say this too shall pass, you're like, but like, how about now? <laughs> how right. about it? What do how I do until it passes? Yeah. What's the yeah. plan? <laughs> yes. And so that was kind of the other thing too, that resonated with me is this idea that like, yes, this too, this too shall pass, but like, there are these, these times that you can also say to yourself, okay, if I can't handle waiting for it to pass, what can I change? And how can I like put some interventions in place to make sure that mm-hmm. I can actually like get through those six weeks with my sanity. And, and mm-hmm. I was like, uh, especially with my first, I was a real stickler about things like screen time and making sure that you know, dinner was like a real dinner. Like we had a meal on the table and we were all sitting together. And, um, those were kind of things that I learned, like they're important to me and I just have to let them go sometimes because Mm -hmm. if I want this to pass a little more quickly, like someone's going to have to watch an episode of Blippi or we're going to have to order pizza on a Tuesday (laughs) and it's all going to be, it's, it's just going to help us get, get over the hump. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, to your point, about the new baby, I, I found when I tried to harbor things that um, made me anxious or I was worried about, it only multiplied it. And it seemed in the time to get worse, whether it did or whether it didn't in my mind, because that was the focus. But as soon as I let it out, if I told someone, anyone, a friend, a relative, just identify that this is happening and I don't feel safe or good about it, it just in terms of development or sleep or just regular normal parenthood things. Mm-hmm. Um, once I identified it, that monster, if you will, seemed to shrink. Mm-hmm. And so just getting that validation. And that's really what the mom hour provided for me. I was a new listener and going back into those archives and really listening to different stages of parenting and different perspectives and views. Sometimes if you don't have a good social network or connection, you just constantly think that you're always messing it up. Mm-hmm. But to realize there are different ways to try and do and that it's okay. And it's okay to mess up that validation and that support um, is so, so important. Even listening, reading and getting it out and talking out loud about it and asking for help when you need it. Absolutely. Oh, totally. for help, Which is hard too. Yeah. Yes. Especially when you don't have like that net network, like you're saying yet. And I, I like every, every person that I meet who has a new baby, I always tell them I, when I had my daughter, there was a flyer in my OB's office about um, like a postpartum mom support group. And I took a picture of it and I didn't really think of it. And then like a month later, I was losing my mind in my house. Mm-hmm. And so I went and it was, I mean, it was just what you're saying. Like we sat there and everyone was like, we're all having the same struggles that, that I really felt like no, nobody around me had told me that they were having the same struggles until I was in this group of women. And it really did. I mean, my daughter still didn't sleep for a long time, but it did exactly Mm -hmm. what you said. Like it lessened 
my anxiety over it and my feeling like I was alone in having to push through that struggle. Mm -hmm. So everyone I meet, I'm always like, you know, scour the internet, like find the places where you can find groups of women who you can share this stuff with. Cause it really does. It does make it a thousand percent easier. Yeah. We're all in together, man. That's the only way you can do this. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, this was so great talking to you. Yes, it was so fun. I'm so glad to spend my first day with you. Yeah, this is great. Um, And so for everyone listening, if you haven't already listened to that previous episode, go back and give it a listen. It was great and um, very timeless. Yes, there are so many other episodes. Uh, Sarah and Megan are back with new episodes in August. So we've got plenty to listen to, plenty of support to find in those Um, other archives and happy listening. Hi. Thanks for listening, everyone. And a big thanks to the moms on our team who stepped up to the mic today. If you'd like to learn more about our contributor team, visit themomhour.com slash contributors and check this episode's show description for links to follow today's co-hosts over on their socials. And Sarah, you and I will be back with brand new episodes of the Mom Hour starting Tuesday, August 1st. We'll talk to everybody then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.